Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 through 6, and verses 19 through 22. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will appear over you. Nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look around. They all gather together, they come to you. Your sons shall come from far away, and your daughters shall be carried on their nurses' arms. Then you shall see and be radiant. Your heart shall thrill and rejoice, because the abundance of the sea shall be brought to you. The wealth of the nations shall come to you. A multitude of camels shall cover you. The young camels of Midian and Ephah, all those from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and frankincense and shall proclaim proclaim the praise of the Lord. The sun shall no longer be your light by day, nor for brightness shall the moon give light to you by night. But the Lord will be your everlasting light and your God will be your glory. Your sun shall no more go down or your moon withdraw itself, for the Lord will be your everlasting light and your days of mourning shall be ended. Your people shall be righteous, they shall possess the land forever. They are the shoot that I planted, the work of my hands, so that I might be glorified. The least of them shall become a clan, and the smallest one a mighty nation. I am the Lord, in its time I will accomplish it quickly. A reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, starting in verse 1. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus had been born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, asking, Where is the child who is born King of the Jews? For we observed his star at its rising, and we have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened, and the rest of Jerusalem along with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea. For so it has been written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people, Israel. Then... Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go, and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out. And there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it was stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then opening their treasure chest, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The word of the Lord for us this morning. Thanks be to God. Will you join me in prayer? Holy One, giver of all light, lift up our hearts and minds to Christ, the bright morning star that never fades. By the light of your Holy Spirit, reveal to us your saving word, 
and lead us to offer our lives to you in service and in love. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. 2021, a new year. Maybe you have a list of resolutions that you are eager to begin. Maybe you're looking forward to something, a new life coming into the world, a new marriage, maybe beginning a new job or a new career, the promise of the end of unexpected homeschooling, gathering with friends, or maybe leaving the house without constantly living in a state of fear. a new year. Maybe you have a list of resolutions that you are eager to begin. Maybe you're looking forward to something, a new life coming into the world, the start of a new marriage, being able to no longer homeschool your children, gathering with friends, or perhaps just going outside without living in constant fear. I think Many of us wish that 2021 was like a light switch, that we could flip it at the stroke of midnight on January 1st, and all of the baggage of 2020 would just disappear. Unfortunately, that's not been our experience, has it? Overcrowding at Los Angeles hospitals are, is overtaxing our healthcare workers, and they are facing decisions about care that weigh heavy on their hearts. Our kids are preparing today to begin another week of school from home. Our leaders are mired in negotiations and can't seem to come to a compromise. Some of us still don't have jobs. Some of us don't have food that we can put on the table for our families. The lines for our food banks are blocks long. Some of us are trying to figure out what is the future going to look like. High school seniors wondering, should I go to college in the fall? College seniors wondering, what kind of jobs are going to be available to me when I graduate? Many of us realizing that things are not going to go back to the way that they were before. I was drawn to the passage that Ava read for us this morning from Isaiah 60 because it speaks to the experience of overwhelming darkness and the inbreaking of light like dawn, imperceptible at first and then slowly growing till every shadow is cast out. Light, not like a light switch, casting out the darkness of a room the slow rise of the sun over the horizon, softly illumining what's around us and casting out the darkness ever so slowly until all is caught up in the blazing light. My hope and prayer is that we will have that dawn in 2021, that our darkness will be cast out 
And this passage in Isaiah was spoken as an oracle, a message from God to the people of Jerusalem who had the same deep desire. For they were living in a time of darkness themselves, their city in the grip of an empire, time marked by violence, deception, and injustice. Darkness, like a dense fog, covered the city so thick they couldn't, that you couldn't see what was in front of your face. And a promise is made to them that light will come and eventually dispel the darkness. At that time, all will be able to lift their eyes and see wondrous things. Children returning from exile, families reunited, food in abundance and wealth brought from all around the world. Gold and frankincense brought for praise and worship of the Lord. It will be so wonderfully bright in that day that the sun and the moon would no longer be necessary. God will be their everlasting light. The days of mourning will be ended and the land will belong to them again and won't be taken from them. All of these things the Lord promises to the people of Jerusalem. I can imagine you see why I'm drawn to a passage of hope for a different kind of future. And I also bet that you can see the link between this passage in Isaiah 60 and the passage that I read from Matthew 2. See, Matthew 2 drew on these themes of those coming from all around the world to worship God in the telling of the story of the Magi coming from the East to bring their gifts of gold and frankincense to the infant Messiah, Jesus. And it's appropriate that today we read these passages, not only because it's the beginning of a new year and a particularly dark time, but also because today we celebrate Epiphany. Epiphany is a celebration of the revelation of God's saving purposes to all the nations of the world. A day when we tell the story of the Magi coming from their distant land to worship the infant Christ. And the symbol, a star, the light that guides them reminds us of the dawning light of God's self-revelation in Christ. The inbreaking dawn, the promise of a future that's not yet. For when the wise men came, they brought gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh to honor the king of the Jews. Now, maybe they did know that Jesus was an infant and this was more of a sign of their knowledge of the future, or maybe they were surprised. You have to imagine that Mary and Joseph were surprised by receiving these gifts and wondering, what are we to do with gold and frankincense and myrrh for our infant son? Certainly not the most practical of gifts. But they point to the future, and they are the first flicker of light. In this season of darkness, not only because it's winter and the days are short, but because of what's going on in our daily lives, 
the oppressive nature of this pandemic, of the political unrest, of the violence and injustice and deception that pervade our lives. We are longing for this inbreaking light. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices, for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. This lyric from O Holy Night is everywhere this Christmas season. On photo cards and Facebook walls, sung in every Christmas service, and preached on in many sermons. It seems appropriate, yes, because that's how we find ourselves, weary, rejoicing at the first ray of light. As many have described the vaccine, the light at the end of the tunnel. It's not bright yet, but it's certainly something we're able to see in the distance. And something that has troubled me in this time and perhaps is troubling to you as well is how do we live in the present darkness? For just as the Magi came, they were anticipating something in the future. They came and they brought their gifts and worshiped God and went on their way home. But how did they live in the in-between time? And how are we to live with this promise of dawn in the future, but it's not yet? The season of epiphany is particularly appropriate for our current situation. And yet it's a disturbing question, is it not? At least troubling, for it's challenging to live in the darkness. One of the conversation partners that I've had in thinking about this question has been Sarah Bessie, who wrote a book entitled Miracles and Other Reasonable Things, a story of unlearning and relearning God. In this book, she chronicles her experiences of her father recovering after open heart surgery and her own recovery after a debilitating car accident. And what she ends up concluding has to do with healing. She goes through her own process of deconstructing and reconstructing her faith that mirrors the experience of her father's healing and her own healing. For you see that Sarah grew up in a Pentecostal church where healing was a normal part of Sunday morning worship. And it was something described as instantaneous. But the reality that she faced in her father's healing and her own, even though she describes a miraculous healing for herself, is anything but instantaneous. What I found so provocative in her writing was the idea that in, our, in this present darkness, perhaps the way forward is to think of it as healing. Healing that requires pain and work to move forward in it. Healing that's not the work of an hour or a surgery, but takes the time of weeks and months. And the practice and regularity of things like physical therapy and relying on others to help us. We are in a season 
where we all need healing. That's what this darkness feels like. It feels like the brokenness has become even more apparent to us. And we as individuals and a society are invited into a season of healing. And praise God that our hope, our inbreaking dawn, is the great physician. For this child, Christ, would grow to not only be a teacher, but a healer. Praise God that our hope is in a God who comes into a world of brokenness intending on reconciliation, intending on gathering us together and binding us up. That is the hope of the gospel that I invite you to lean into in this new year. I'm reminded of our practice every Christmas Eve when we turn out all of the lights in the sanctuary at the end of our lessons and carol service. And Pastor Matt and myself light our candles from the Christ candle on our Advent wreath. And then we share the light of Christ. Slowly as the light moves, what was once a dark and ominous sanctuary is filled with warmth and light and of song. What seemed broken is filled with joy. I long for the day that we're able to gather together in worship and see ourselves as the body of Christ, like so many lights coming together, illuminating the whole building in our singing and with our candles. In this time in between though, I pray that we will all lean into the healing work that Christ has for each of us and for us as a community. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.